0: Welcome to Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. My name is Steve Krautus, and I'll be your host, along with Andrew Platts, my co-host and a friend for the last oh, 30 or better years. Um, but let me tell you a little bit about Life Beyond the Summit before we get started. Uh, from my perspective, the most important decision that I have ever made is one to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I think if you ask any Christian that question, what is the most important decision you've ever made, it will have been the same answer to have accepted Jesus Christ. So the question then becomes, if that is the summit, what does life beyond the summit look like and how is it defined? Naturally, life beyond a decision to follow Christ is going to take various paths, various journeys, various um, directions based on what one gleans from reading the word from learning about who they are in christ from learning about the bible and and who jesus was and what what god's intended purpose for us as humanity was so our is is the 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 path the course is going to um is going to be defined uh individually but in large part what i've seen let me speak a little bit to the why on this what i've seen during the last 10 years i've been heavily involved in men's ministry and um as I've sat down with men, done coffee, uh, done some measure of counseling, um, encouragement, whatever you want to call it, I have seen that a lot of men really struggle, uh, and I would I would really say that a lot of men find themselves shipwrecked. You know, they they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but their life is not particularly product- productive spiritually, and um, they may have a lot to show for their lives from a worldly perspective but there, there isn't much depth to their relationship. And so the objective of this podcast, and this may or may not be of interest to you as a podcast, our objective is to seek to address the issues that men struggle with from A to Z and help men find their center in Christ and help put them on a course correction that will put them in a in a position of progressive growth in the Lord. And so I think that, that may sort of sum it up. Um, in, in a nutshell. Um, but beyond that, let me tell you just a little tiny bit about myself. I'm 63 years old. I've been a Christian since July 31st of 82. Um, uh, spent uh, the first 25, 26 years of my life outside of the, the church, outside of relationship with God, and then stepped into a relationship with Christ. The first four or five years, I would tell you, they I felt like they were dynamo. I was on a progressive upward climb um, in my faith and in the growth, my growth in the Lord. And then for whatever reason, I hit a wall. And this is the wall that I think is not uncommon to people in general, maybe particularly men. Um, I'm going to call these the years between between that wall and say 10 or 15 years ago. We can call them the in-between years. We can call them the gap years. But there was a significant amount of time, a significant amount of my faith walk was spent in the shallows of my faith, rather than in deep places, and I would say the wall that I hit in in large part had to do with what I would call the 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 trials, the circumstances, the troubles of life, and not seeing, uh, see putting, frankly putting more putting putting more fear in the trials and the circumstances than faith in believing that God could see me through to the other side, and so um, I got mired down and to me that is the critical piece of this podcast. Um, uh, I'm, I'm excited about how we can bring um, solutions to men, how we can bring answers to questions, how we can wrestle with the hard parts of what it is to be a man, how we're defined, what's expected of us um, both professionally and personally, what's expected of us in our adulthood as, as men, as fathers, as husbands, and whether or not those expectations need to be adjusted so that we can, we can hit the mark Um and whether or not the the uh the um standards that we are setting are godly standards. Are they are they godly or are they worldly standards? And so that's that's basically a nut what the objective of this podcast is going to be is to take a hard look at how we can be overcomers and instead of overcome by life, how we can overcome life itself and find victory in our faith, find victory in our relationship with God. And, and in all the relationships we we serve and are a part of, whether it be friends, uh, spouses, uh, parents to children, um, uh, employees, or whatever the case may be, wherever we find ourselves, find ourselves on the winning side of life and not the losing or even the neutral side. So that's kind of in a nut where we're going to go with this. Um, Andrew, do you have any thoughts that you want to share about? I mean, I'm really excited about this. This is the first podcast, the inaugural uh, sort of kickoff recording, and we hope there to be many following this. And we're hopeful that this is really a, a, a productive application source for you to come to to, to listen and, and engage. Uh, we, we will we will have other guests in here at times. Uh, it will likely always be Andrew and I as uh, host and co-host, but we'll, we'll have uh, interviews with other individuals that are in various stages of life experiencing various things in their lives. I think it's going to be a really entertaining and productive podcast.
1: So me and Steve have had a pretty long relationship. We've been friends for at least 40 years. Um, We're both businessmen. Uh, We both talk too much, probably. We both, uh, you know, have uh, a good spirit of encouragement. So we get along pretty well. So he asked me to be on the podcast. I was honored. I experienced a lot of the same things that Steve experienced. And I'll just kind of explain, you know, when you get saved, you know, some people don't experience anything. I've fortunately have had people, i led people to the Lord, and I said, do you feel anything different? And they're like, no. Well, I had the opposite reaction. I may not have physically f- felt differently, but I was what I call radically saved. So I was all, all on board. And I was all on board for quite a few years. But, you know, when you start raising a family and you get in your own business there's a lot of pressures, you know, raising kids alone is a lot of pressure from infants all the way up to teenagers. Pressures and fears and things that you have to overcome. Uh, I will tell you that I put my faith, it was still extremely important to me, but I kind of got a little shipwrecked and I had a lot of in between years myself. And only in hindsight, now that I'm 54, looking back, I think to myself, wow. Wow those are pretty unproductive years spiritually. Now there's, I'm still married and and my kids are good. And I can't tell you that anything terrible happened, but you know, how much of my Christian walk did I waste and, and just unproductivity? In other words, I wasn't doing anything unto the Lord. It was really all unto me. And I didn't really feel like I was serving anybody or making a big difference in people's lives. So that all turned around for me. Um, through a whole series of events but i can i i kind of jumped on board this podcast because when steve said hey look i want to i want to encourage men to get to a higher level of faith because i feel like a lot of men are just stuck in in kind of this situation i love the lord i read my bible i go to church i agree with the pastor i'm faithful to my wife but i'm not very excited about being a christian as a matter of fact i don't really see that the the Bible's really having a huge effect in my lives. I'm still, you know, I'm just not experiencing that overcoming relationship with the Lord. And I don't feel like mm-hmm. my life is really reflecting what the Bible says I should be. So they're just doing what they know best. They're working a lot and playing a lot and, uh, don't really have any kind of outreach to other men. They're not serving in their local church. They're kind of stuck. So maybe this podcast is like, is, you can kind of relate to what I'm saying and maybe you can say, hey, that, this is something that I've experienced and maybe these guys can help us out. So, you know, there's not a real, there's not a big direction we're going here. We don't have things laid out. Like we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that. It's basically, you know, from our own experience, what we've seen in men,
0: mm-hmm and how the Lord's changed our lives. And if we can help you, that'd be great. You know, I I see, uh, Andrew, I see three categories of men that might be interested in listening to this podcast. Men who are maybe not currently Christ followers, but they may be curious and they're willing to listen to a Christian perspective. That's a be a great audience to hit. And if that's you, we'd love to have you listen in. Uh, The second one might be men who are Christ followers, but life may have gotten the best of them, and they're sitting on the sideline. Maybe you're wondering if there's more but you struggle with re-engaging your faith. That's the second one. And the third one is a man who is a Christ follower, who is in the game, who is moving forward, um, and is experiencing transformation, but wants a continued encouragement and maybe a challenge uh, of a Christ-based uh, or the challenge of a Christ-based podcast. So that's what we want to be for any listener. Um, and I think probably to kind of kick this thing off beyond what we've said already. Is if you wanted to, if you ask, how do you know this is true that men are struggling so well? I think you'll find in listening to me, I'm a guy that's big on looking at barometric markers, and I think the largest one in society in society today in the United States is the fact that the church really has become um, uh, irrelevant in society. We have only to look at the social unrest that currently exists, the 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 deep division, the deep um, uh, strife in this country. And the lack of a turning to prayer, to the Word, to God, to um, uh, the the church for answers. Um, it's interesting to me that in the House of Representatives in Washington D.C., above the the uh, the the uh, the lectern there, uh, where the um, where the uh, where Nancy Pelosi would sit, are the words "In God We Trust." But if you look at what goes on, forgetting January 6th and the unrest that occurred. Uh, uh, during the transition of of, of presidents, um, consider what goes on every day in Washington, and, and tell me where the Lord is in any of that. Where is that trust in God that we that we say we believe in? That's you know a, again above the House of Representatives chambers. So when I look at the irrelevance of of the church and society, I say where does that primarily rest? Well, if we go back to the the book of beginnings in the book of Genesis. God created man first and gave man a directive. And man has stumbled and fallen with that ever since creation. But today we're in a unique place. Um, from my perspective, things are socially uh, in disarray. Um, we have allowed things that once were considered taboo and sin and wrong to be righted and legal and accepted. And I think it's those, all of those are indicators to me that the church has lost its way. So when you consider that, it's my sense that if we can win a man back to a strong and committed sense of faith, that we can begin to win our nation back. And so this isn't just about nation rebuilding. This is really about using those barometric markers that we see in society to measure our own sense of spiritual wealth and worth. Where are we? And I think when you do this, this, ask hard questions about where we are as individuals. Where are you, uh, men, that sit in this audience to listen to this podcast? Where are you deep down in, in the, the depth, the, the center of your heart? Where are you in your faith? Is, is Jesus uh, something more than a country club card that gets you salvation? Is Jesus something or someone that you relate to on an intimate level? Um, I, I think as men, it is hard for us to to get intimate uh, emotionally or spiritually. Um, look at the marriages. Again, another um, another barometric marker is the level of divorce in the church versus outside the church today. Statistics would show on in every measure that there's an insignificant difference of in, between the dysfunction in the community outside of faith. Uh, there is an insignificant difference. Of that level of, of social disarray to that in the church, there's very similar markers in terms of dysfunction in marriage, dysfunction in child rearing, dysfunction in uh, and and leading to divorce in many cases or separation. There was a statistic once uh, out a couple years old now. Uh, it was done by Barna, in which it it asked uh, a sampling from basically the west coast to the east coast. Where play, people place their marriage in in terms of happiness, and only thirteen uh, percent reported having a happy marriage, and the the uh, the Barna research suggests that eighty seven percent of course then are in unhappy or acceptable marriages, but they're not really you know they're not really um, they're not bright shining marriages for sure. And the the Barna research suggested that it takes it would take 87% to get to a near 53% divorce rate. In other words, you have to be pretty unhappy to get to the point where you're going to say, we're done. So when you look at all these markers, and and I'll ask anybody out there, how happy are you really? If you're really honest with yourself, how fulfilled do you feel in your relationship with Christ? Do you feel like you're moving forward? Do you feel like you're neutral? And I would say if if you're neutral, you're going backwards. Do you feel fulfilled in your faith walk? And is that faith walk translating to a stronger marriage, stronger parenting? And if you're not married, does it lead to, to deeper, more committed relationships outside of yourself? Are you a better employee for having confessed your faith? Are you a better friend? Are you are you better in every principled area of your life? If you're not, then this podcast might be for you, and it may also be a strong indicator um, that what I'm saying is actually there's some accuracy to it. So um, I think. Um, the, the notion that we can reach out and do something for men is, is, uh, is potentially there. Um, I, I know when I, when I've talked to pastors and others um, there's a there's certainly a, a, a they, they resonate with this comment. Uh, they from the pulpit and I from the pulpit I stand and you know up in front of when I speak to the men of the men's ministry that I lead, I can see the longing in the faces and I, and when I have coffees I, I hear the longing in the voices. And so if we want to muster the strength to get on our game, we've got to get beyond the John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him will have eternal life. That's a wonderful scripture, but there's a whole lot more to this than just receiving that free ticket, the ticket to salvation. And it may be called, some would call it this, of course, lordship, um, becoming a, a disciple or a individual a person who's truly a Christ follower entering into something beyond the benefit of knowing him which is salvation but gaining ground in a relationship with him which is lasting which is transformational which is engaging which is intimate and and i dare say that many men struggle in that area and as their relationship goes so do the rest of their relationships and just to let you
1: know maybe see if you haven't explained thoroughly how this podcast the, the root of this podcast is that Steve left those in-between years. He was forced to or asked to lead a men's Bible study of, you know, 20, 25 guys. Uh back then it was in person, of course. And um he he felt like, oh my goodness, if I'm gonna lead guys, I have to step into what the Lord's trying to tell me. So I can, you know, have a word for these guys and look like I know what I'm doing. So you know, when you're forced to do something, you either shape up or you ship out. And so he started doing that for years and years, leading these guys. And then Steve would just find people who he believed needed his help. I mean, that's arbitrary, but he would sit down with them at for lunch or for coffees for 45 minutes, an hour, and he would just sit down and ask them questions. And you'll hear a lot of the results of those coffees, you know, not specific Things that happened during those coffees, but he learned a lot about men, and you probably found a lot of common factors. Oh, and yeah. I know, I know, the biggest one is that we have a dog that just walked in the uh, the room here, so you might hear him shake and stuff. But one of the most common factors is is that well, I work a lot, and um, I'm really busy, and I just don't put that much time into spiritual things because I haven't seen it as really what they're saying is they haven't seen a big benefit of it. So Steve has gained a lot of knowledge about where men come from. And
0: well, a lot of, a lot of the experience comes from my own, you know, life upbringing, uh, family of origin. I don't think any of us um, that are listening would, would disagree that our family of origin has impacted us and, um, both negatively and positively, and and I would tell you that in my life experience, um, I was you know raised in a family where there where there was um, not faith on the side of my dad. Uh, the faith came from mom, but she struggled in her faith because she didn't have a solid uh, uh, faith-filled husband in the form of my dad to encourage her in her faith. So she grew over the years, but as a youngster. It was a pretty tough upbringing. Uh, we were, my dad was very dysfunctional from his own childhood. I won't get into a lot of details. You know, we all have our stories, but there's no question that our family of origin impacts us. In my case, it actually gave me uh, quite a bit of insecurity. And um, the the Lord has broken me free of that um, over the years. Um, but I think that we find outlets to uh, to hide Behind, We find outlets to engage that will allow us to look away or even think away from our life experiences, no matter what they may have been. But I think a lot of guys, you know, obviously we are we are guys that are generally um, hunters. And so we find a lot of uh, we find a lot of um, joy in hunting. And by that, I'll I'll include occupation, education, uh, conquering anything that's challenging. We're up for it. But I think it's important for all of us as men to examine why we are pursuing what we pursue. And if that pursuance is is uh, covering something that needs to be dealt with, then we need to deal with it. I mean, I, I just think it's important to evaluate the reason, I guess I'll call it our why. What is our why for doing anything? And uh, um, so asking ourselves, you know, what is the purpose for my life? What is the reason I do what I do? Why do I think the way I think? um how can i how can i um arrive at solutions that are more um beneficial to me spiritually as opposed to um things that are idle that may that may bring uh joy to us but that are not necessarily impacting on ourselves or the lives of those around us or our relationship with god so i think there's a lot of open-endedness to this that um that can be looked at and examined. But, you know, in my case, again, I came from a family of dysfunction. And I'm thankful the Lord right of that. But it's, it's taken a long time. It took me years to shake it. In fact, a lot of who I am today was formed out of the insecurity. But today, I believe God uses it for his glory. So um, in, in terms of some specifics about me, just a little background, um, I didn't marry until I was 38. I'll, I'll tell you, I think a large part of that was out of insecurity. I was afraid of what marriage might look like. My parents didn't have a real grand marriage displayed before us, so I was a little bit shaky about my interest in getting married. Married at 38, married into married into a, a gal that uh, had been married before, I had three children. Uh, my wife and I have had two together. Her name is Susie. And uh, so we have five kids all in. And I haven't always done the right things by by either the older three or my own two, and so I absolutely have regrets about some of what I've what the way I've managed the way I've parented. I will tell you that some of those in between years. I've been married twenty five years, so some of those in between years were probably the first decade of my marriage. We, we're celebrating twenty five years this year, um, this July. We're in our twenty fifth wedding anniversary, and the first the first half of them probably were in those gap years where I was struggling. And I'm I'm absolutely telling you, in my case, it was absolutely the cares of this world. You know, the the challenges of parenting, the challenges of marriage. I thought when I married, I was bringing, you know, a a refreshing uh, person to the marriage in the form of myself because I'd never been married before. But I didn't realize how selfish I was having been single for 38 years. I was really married to myself. So when I moved into marriage, I brought singleness baggage with me. And when Susie came to the marriage, she brought... The brokenness of an 18-year marriage, and and the associated children that were affected by that. Um, so, try as I may, I did not always make the right choices, and I absolutely waned. I did not have the energy to uh, to allow my faith to grow. That was no excuse, but it was this, the excuse I found myself in. The very place I needed to go, I didn't go. I should have been on my knees and in the church when the when I mean we went every Sunday, but I was man, I got to tell you, I was barely hanging on. For years, I went through the motions and really didn't have, I had a struggling at best relationship. And I'll tell you, Andrew mentioned getting involved in leadership. Uh, At the time I got involved in leadership, I actually was struggling, and I was afraid to acknowledge I was struggling. I thought, boy, if they knew who I really was, who would ever engage using me in ministry? But they saw enough gifting in me, frankly, and I don't say that in a bragging way, they just did. I definitely have the gift of encouragement. I think a lot of my gifts spring from the sadness and sorrow of my childhood. In other words, out of my own need, God raised up the ability to become a strong encourager because I realized there are many people out there that struggle with life, and I struggled. And so, one redemptive measure was to give back in the area I was weak, and it's really it's really my gift is encouragement and exhortation. And and in some form, visionary leadership, so they they tagged me to be in leadership, well, all of a sudden, I could no longer hide. So I want to talk about that for just a minute here. I think, I think most men. Am I okay, Andrew? Just continue. Yeah, uh, so what I discover when men sit down in a men's ministry together around a table, a very, a very common, um, uh, uh, a very common process in any men's ministry is to listen to somebody for a bit and then break down in the groups. Maybe you're watching a video. Maybe you're listening to a lecture that's live you have a speaker in front of you, maybe you're listening or watching a video, whatever the case may be. But then you break off into groups of four to five guys around a table. And the notion there is that you uh, that you allow yourself to be uh, vulnerable, uh, transparent, um, honest uh, with the guys around you in order to, to to breed the same in the rest of the table, right? So we can all grow in faith together and allow iron, iron to sharpen iron. But what I found, and I think this is true today in every male group, It's really hard for men to be the first to say anything at a table. So a lot of what happens is real general conversation. It'll hit the highlights of the conversation that was presented to them, whether it be a video or whatever the case may be. It'll touch on the light side of the presentation, but it won't necessarily go very deep. And I got into a group where there were a couple of deep guys that really led me to freedom because I thought I was the only one struggling with life as I was. And I discovered around this table... That was not the case. And that single event or series of events around these tables with men's ministries led me to growth and stepping out and taking the challenge that was given me by um, a wonderful um, staff pastor at the church I was uh, attending. And um, man, that made all the difference. That, That stepping out, breaking the bonds of fear associated with intimate, you know, um, uh, transparency are really what brought me to realizing, one, I wasn't alone, and two, there was hope. And what I see in guys, I think I'm no different. I think no guy is any different than I am. Most of us are not willing to do the dance for fear of being exposed. And I think at the the depth of that exposure is an unwillingness to to uh, engage the possibility of being rejected, not being accepted. We, guys are funny. Don't you agree, Andrew? We I agree. we agree. Yeah. We have to leave an impression. We gotta be cool. We gotta we kinda gotta puff up our chests. It's just who we are as guys. And if we feel that there's any risk at, at puffing our chest and having it blown, we're not gonna puff it. We're gonna stay back in the shadows until we feel it's safe. And the sad thing is, guys that are listening to this right now, most of us sit in the shadows. And again, I use You know, just look at the barometric markers. I won't go into them again, but look at where we are as a nation. Look at where you are as a husband if you're married. Look at where you are as a parent if you have children. Look at where you are as a friend. Look at where you are in your church. Are you participating? Are you engaged? And if you're not a believer, look at your fear to acknowledge and accept Jesus potentially as your Lord and Savior. There is vulnerability in all of this because it requires— are laying down our rights and our sense of who we are in order to be exposed for who we want to become, and so I, I, it's it's a big challenge, but it's a necessary challenge. And I think th- for those of us that are willing to do the dance, to walk the walk, to talk the talk, there is great reward. And I I will tell you this, as a part of this you know portion I'm speaking to right now, I have seen nothing but tremendous reward in getting to know Jesus better. I don't want to just be a person who has my ticket to get to salvation and and have eternal life with the Lord. I want to know Him, and I can tell you as I've gotten to know Him through prayer and primarily the Word, spending time in His Word, reading His Word, and and I don't want to I say primarily reading the Word, but there there I spend a lot of time praying, and and when I say praying, I know that's intimidating some of you as well. I don't mean I spend hours and hours and hours on my knees, but I pray continually i now understand what that means in scripture that means that when you're driving down the highway when you're walking through the halls when you're going to a meeting you just taking a moment to acknowledge god to talk to him and say lord thank you for being in my life lord i'm going to make this presentation i'm going to be around these people let me glorify you let my light so shine among men that i glorify that you the that, that god in heaven is glorified it's little things like that it's keeping jesus and god on top of mind and I have found the more I do that, the more desire I have to know him even more intimately. And so I know you all know about what I mean about this fear of intimacy, because there isn't one of us that doesn't experience some of it in our marriages. You know, there on this, on this uh, uh, podcast, the listener, the listening audience level, there are all sorts of levels of, 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 of um, quality of marriage. But those of you that are, are not doing as well, are not doing as well in part because you have a struggle with intimacy. And I'm not talking about sexual intimacy, although that could be there too. I'm primarily talking about emotional and spiritual intimacy, the ability to be vulnerable with your wife. So you know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about this, this willingness to be intimate. And to the degree that we're unwilling to do it with a human, we're going to be probably all the more or less willing to do it with the Lord whom we can't see and sit right in front of. But I'll tell you, if you'll do it, if you'll get in the word, if you'll get intimate with your wife, if you'll be exposed in your family and with your friends and be vulnerable, you will find complete victory. I am I'm, I'm just telling you. Andrew,
1: yeah, you know that's the, I know you're saying that and you may have an easier time with it yeah, than some. But yeah. I will tell you I I have a much harder time being intimate with um people in general. I mean, who wants to expose their weaknesses to people and talk about them? so so guys have a hard time with that but you know one thing i'll tell you that as you get to know the lord more and more um well god sees everything anyway he knows when you're sleeping. he knows when you're rising so it's not like you're that he doesn't know that you're hiding things from him from him although people think they are hiding things from him which is a big joke but how many times do you get before the lord and are you absolutely honest before him you know, confessing your sins, confessing your weaknesses, saying, Lord, I have this issue. I have this problem. Here's, here's what's happened. What do I do? I mean, to me, that's being, that's being intimate with the Lord and just being honest and real. Isn't that what mm-hmm. God wants wants from us anyway? You know, to be friends, to be, um, to have a, to have a real relationship with Him, not just this prayer relationship or this fake relationship, so you're good, Steve, at being, you'll know, you'll, as you listen to this podcast, you'll find Steve has got a, a really cool perspective on life. He brings out things that you just wouldn't really hear among men, which is why he's good at talking to men at coffees and one-on-one, because he shares with things that you'll, you're will you like, well, I haven't really heard this from another guy before. I've never really, you know, guys don't talk this way. Guys are all about, you know, the way guys talk, not, not, not just potty talk or not just sports, but guys don't really get that real together. If you had one good friend in life, you may share something that's really, truly honest. But that's that's not going to, you're not going to share that to, you know, half a dozen guys. Um, so, but Steve's got a great perspective. He sees, he sees in himself many weaknesses that now have become strengths because he can identify them. You can identify him in other guys. And you know, sometimes he subtly pulls it out of guys and and or or the guys, you know, you know, they, they it comes out one way or the other, and you know, that guy might get set free in that area. But, you know, oh, that's well, go ahead. No, I was gonna I'm say, but you know, from my perspective, there are many, many things in life that pull us away from the word, that pull us away from being Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you're a simple Christian or you just a you know, simple Christian, if you just gotten saved, you try to boil everything down to like a one-two-three thing. If I can just do this, then that, then that, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good. But you know, life is not that simple. We know that this world is very complex. There's a lot of moving parts, and so I don't want to give you a, I don't want to give you step-by-step. You know, if you'll just do these things, your life's gonna turn around you have to get the revelation. You have to get the understanding. It comes from the word. You know, we can speak Mm -hmm. for hours and hours and you become our disciples and we could be the discipler. But if God doesn't reveal it to you through his word, you're not gonna get it in your own brain and in your spirit. And then you will take no initiative to, to overcome. So we'll just give you some pointers or I would just say some life experience pointers that have worked well for us and you can identify with them and say hey I th- that's me um and 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 go to the word and s- seek it out yourself and I've noticed to grow in the lord it is one tiny revelation after the next tiny or let's put it this way. It's one revelation. I'll say tiny because every, every, every revelation is big when we hear from the Lord. It's one revelation after another revelation. Mm-hmm. It's a little here, mm-hmm. a little there. It could be two or three things you see during the day or one thing you see tomorrow. And then over course of, let's just say six months, nine months, 12 months, you, you feel yourself growing. So it's not, you're going to wake up one day and be changed. You're going to start hearing from the Holy Spirit, whether you can acknowledge it or not, you'll say, I think I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit as, as you press into the Lord and you'll grow a little here, a little there, a little over here, a little over there. And then you'll look back after a year and say, wow, I think, I think I'm changing. And then you'll look back five years later and say, I'm a different person.
0: And so that's good. This is how, this is, this is kind of how it works. Yeah, I, I think that's excellent, Andrew. I, I think the issue for me and Andrew hit on it, guys are funny. We're we're really good at the shallow. We're really good um, in a in a position where we're talking about really nothing. And we get great joy out of that. We get into the sillies. We get sort of goofy and, and say things and do things. And well, how, some how, of how it, about,
1: how about how great our family's doing? Where are you going on vacation. Oh, yeah. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Yeah. The
0: business is doing that. The work is doing that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. It's really baloney. At the end of the day, at the end of our lives, we, we all have heard too many stories about guys who get to the end of their lives and they say, and there's a, scr- a scripture to support this, by the way. And those of you that are believers, in the word, know this scripture. Um, there's a way that seems right unto men, and in the end, it leads to destruction. In other words, you may gain the whole world. This is another scripture reference. You may gain the whole world and lose your soul. Wow, what is that of gain? You can't take anything with you when you die. And, you know, from, from the moment that we are created, from conception, we are eternal. The question is, will we spend that eternity free in the arms and, and, and heart of Jesus, or will we be bound by the things of this world? the cares of this world, and so on and so forth. So I I really want to see guys unmask, get through this. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Get through that sort of surface level. And I I guess I'll ask you guys another question here. Um, How happy are you, really? If you had to stick a, a happiness quotient on your happiness right now, all things considered, not in a specific area, but just how happy are you? Well, I'll tell you from asking that question of a lot of men, they they will right away say, well it depends on how you define happy. Well that's even even them responding that way is sort of sad. I I, I don't know how you couldn't agree with that. If they have to ask me for a definition of happy, wow, where are they really at? But if you if you if you say to them like I have, I'm talking about general happiness, just your overall sense of worth and value and comfort and 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 joy. And you know I'll I'll tell you that it's frequently Less than fifty percent.
1: Well, what kind of what kind of are they
0: Well, they'll say forty to fifty percent. I feel I mean, like I do like a one to ten. I'm an eight. I'm a nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. That's that's another way to do it, of course. But I okay. generally ask as a percentage where we okay, just so say you are the most common median. I would say is a four, four to five out You're of ten. Be kidding. No, that's that's what I hear now. Now you may be saying, well, I'm I'm a nine, but I don't have any of that intimacy. Well, I, if you're a nine without intimacy with Christ and without intimacy in your marriage and your friendships and your connections to life um, and, and the Bible and so on and so forth, well, imagine what you could be if you were connected on those levels. Well,
1: let me ask you this. Okay, so you ask them, how happy are you? And they're like, well, what do you, how do you define happiness? And then you find out, okay, they're less than half or they're not very happy. Yeah. Let's say five is I'm neither really happy
0: nor really sad. Okay, yeah, they're so, not. These aren't guys that are right, saying so they're sick. What sad. is the
1: follow-up question with that?
0: Well, to to direct them toward a relationship with Christ, yeah. where are you in your relationship with Christ? Do you do, is is that yeah, something they you've they ever say, considered?
1: Like, you know, here are the reasons. I've, oh yeah, here, we'll we'll discuss
0: on. we'll discuss what's going on in their lives that's that's making them feel that way. But without exception, they'll say, to your point, at a four or five, they're neither happy nor sad. They're very neutral. Well, that in and of itself is is a is a pretty sad that's commentary true. if you think about it. To just be okay with it, you know, most people, there, there are lots of statistics to support the unhappiness quotient within our professions. You know, we go to school for four years. I heard, I heard a guy recently on a podcast, in fact, sadly, I lost it. Um, I had it on, on my screen and lost it, and I couldn't get it back because I didn't know the name of the guy, but he made this this interesting illustration. He spent the first 23 years of his life basically being directed by mom and dad, which I think is true of all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, mom and dad help us along the course of of our our life. Um, Yeah, especially getting through college. Yeah, to get get on on track with something. There's this intense amount of pressure to perform. There's an intense amount of pressure to make a decision. And now the the sciences uh, are all saying that you're almost 30 before your brain is fully developed. And yet we're asking 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds to figure out what they want to do for a four-year college. And and start to imprint a path they're going to take for the rest of their lives. That's just asking. It's a huge ask, and it's not to say that it's not it's not bad to do that. But if that's all we do, where does that leave our center?
1: Well, a lot, yes, a lot of it is because we're in the Western world. Well, we sure. A high degree on
0: performance. Sure, but okay, we spend. Have,
1: how much money do you make?
0: Oh yeah, so we spend clearly nearly um, the first. Well, let's say a third of our life you know, almost a third of our life. Let's let's put the, the life expectancy at, say, 70 or whatever. I know it's older than that, but 23 years is either a third or a fourth of our life, and it's spent being imprinted with a worldly view and vision. Very seldom is it very impacted by faith. In fact, I know people in the faith whose kids are brilliant, and the parents now regret that they leaned into that brilliance rather than the Spirit. These are Christian families, but they poured into that brilliance. They just— they, they encourage strong ACT, SAT scores, get into the best college you can get, get scholarship, push, 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 push. But, you know, we're, we're asking so much of young people to try to develop a life course um, well, at think a young the, I age. Think the message here is that you can
1: perform at a very high level, making an incredible amount of money at the top of your game or your profession, but if you're lacking in serving the Lord, and knowing him you're actually failing Absolutely. even though you're succeeding in the world's view and maybe in your family's view you know providing for your family and having all the nice things huge house huge vacations etc right but many of those people are very unfulfilled because they put their profession before the Lord they could still be Christians but again they've slipped into uh, a bad narrative that really, you know, let me take care of the money part and the profession part. And really, uh, if I
0: have time for the Lord, I'll give time for the Lord. You're right. This is particularly true in the West. I mean, clearly in a, in a capitalist society, I'm not against capitalism, but everything needs to be in its place and needs to be properly perspectived. And if it's not, then things get out of balance. But so, yeah, these guys, the, the, the many of the guys I've talked to, don't even they don't even think about whether they're happy. They're just doing life. They're they're this. That's why I say it. neither happy nor sad. They're just there. Well, that's that's awfully sad. And and um, for those men that spend all their time in the shallow water of life, they're missing out on so much. And they might say I'm, I, that's okay. And that's okay if that's who you are. But this our call uh, of action to any of those who are listening that are interested is to do a deep dive, get into the deep waters of faith truly experience the freedom that comes from knowing God, from knowing Jesus Christ, from not just um, uh, uh, understanding and accepting the salvation aspect of a relationship with Christ, but really engaging in a relationship in knowing God and really knowing God and and being a part of, of what he's doing and wants to do. I think another thing that's interesting here, Andrew, is if you think about it, you know, we, we tend to compartmentalize faith. Even those of us in the faith that are strong in our faith, we see ourselves and then we see God. But realize that who we are, and, and you may not be a believer, but this is my persuasion, is that you, even as a non-believer, were created by God the Father. We have the same Father. You may not know our dad. But the, the fact of the matter is, if you consider the fact that you're created, we're made in the image of God. So we we are an impartation of God himself. So to to become one with him to become uh to become um engage with him is simply taking us back to our root um you know we all have earthly parents and we know we're inexplicably connected to them no matter what we can't we can't lose i cannot lose the fact that my father James colwell Crowdus, is my father he, he's deceased at this you know he's gone from this earth but he's my father i, I there's it's undeniable there is that linkage that's that is just real. It's genetic. Well, in the same way and in a greater way, we're genetically connected to God. It behooves us to want to know our Father and understand His purpose for our lives. And I'm I'm just going to submit to all of us that as we do that, that's when we'll find real hope and that's where we'll find real peace. Uh, and we'll we'll enter into a peace of past all so understanding and life will take on a different meaning. And suddenly, the, the value that I have is much more intrinsic than the bank account amount, the number of kids I have, the house I live in, the car I drive, that all becomes devalued. Very few of us, as I said before, there are many people who know uh, personally, either friends or family members, who have been on their deathbed, and while they still have consciousness, have acknowledged, if I could do things different, I would. I regret this, that, or the next thing. That's not a place I want to find myself. When I come to the end of my life, I want everyone around that bed to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant.
1: Yeah, so I would just say that, you know, me and Steve have been friends a long time. We both share a common sort of fate that we were on fire for the Lord at one point after we we gave our lives to the Lord. We, we felt like we were growing and then something happened. Where we did not lose our faith. And I know I'm repeating myself, but we became very nonchalant, very cavalier about it. And we call, me and Steve have coined this phrase, the in between years. So we share that in common. Now Steve turned his life in a different direction, started ministering to guys at his church, um, started having coffees, and he has now found a new life in Christ per se, where, where now he's he loves the Lord and he feels like he's been set free from all of those in-between years and he's found a new way of living, which is mm-hmm. very fulfilling. I am not discouraging people to not do well at their jobs and not be excited about their jobs and about, you know, working for the companies or having your own business. And you know, I'm not, I'm just saying that if this podcast can help you get set free from a lot of lies that you believed or a lot of your old bad ways um, or the fact that you're just, you know, being lazy in your faith or just a bunch of other things. If we can help you get out of that, those, if you're currently in in some in-between years or if you want to know something about, you know, who is Jesus Christ and, you know, if you can relate to these struggles as men, we're going to talk about, you know, sexual stuff and, all kinds of stuff that men deal with that women do not deal with. I mean, they deal with it on some level, but there's clearly God has made men very much different than women. And there's things about God, there's things about men that are specifically poignant in the fact that all guys deal with this stuff. You know, they have a, you know, let's face it, we have a higher sex drive. So if we can help you out, then, um, you know, just give you some, some facts about us and what we went through. I, I think it'll help out a lot of people.
0: Hey, maybe as we get ready to, to wind down this particular podcast, I'll, I'll just share this as a word of testimony. Um, I, I can't tell you how many guys that uh, that I sat down with uh, that were initially either personally or in a group setting with that were pretty hard shelled, pretty combat ready guys that were, would have been looked at by anybody uh, respectively, um, would have been looked at by anybody enviably uh, would have looked at would have been looked at by anybody as uh, something that was worth looking up to that are now broken men still having many of the same characteristics they had before but free in Christ that's the beauty of this and and now they they are not the big guy the big guy on campus the big guy at the top of the hill the big guy ready to take on the world for any cause but Christ and that is incredible. I mean, these are guys who are now championing the a uh, relationship with Christ, um, championing their faith, championing the, their faith, uh, and encouraging others to to achieve the same. And so that's really the goal of all this is to is to see you step out um, and to be become an overcomer. Uh, rather than overcome by the world, you're overcoming the world by your faith and by your relationship with Christ. So let me just let me just kind of as we wrap this up for this particular podcast, uh, the the website is Life Beyond the Summit. It's L I F E B E Y O N D T H E S U M M I T. Life uh, Beyond uh, the Summit and my email address is life at gmail.com. And uh, so you're welcome to go to the website. Um, we, I'm doing a weekly, uh, um, a weekly uh, blog, so I write as well as, uh, as, well as doing the podcast. And um, we'd love to have you come back and visit us. We're going to do this weekly, so stay tuned, and we'll see you in the next broadcast. Thank you for listening to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. For more information, visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com.